Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. I don't know how many years you've had on this earth. I've had 50... Is it 58? 58? Yeah, 58. 58 years on this earth. And, you know, every year you come to the beginning of the year and you have these... Everyone goes on about New Year's resolutions. I don't do New Year's resolutions. I don't know if you've got any, but I don't do them. But I think about my new year and I think about the endless possibilities that can be in my next year. What can you have, what expectations have you got for this year that when you get up to December the 31st, January the 1st next year, 2021, you're going to look back and say, this year... I grew in this year. This year I did something spectacular in my life. Would you all love to do that? I would love to do that. I'd love to be the person that that says I can see God more clearly. My family is strong. My health, I'm healthy. I'm I'm ready. I, I can look back and I can say everything that God wanted of me I accomplished this year. You know, we've all gone through the, the Christmas hype and the New Year hype, and we, we go through these, these high times, and we tend after the high times to look, sit, sit back into the mundane, and we say, this year, this year is going to be my normal year where I'm going to go to, to uni, I'm going to study at uni, I'm going to go to school and study, I'm going to another year at work, but I do the same thing over and over again. But can I encourage you, the hype is finished for Christmas, but now what is the hype for this year? What are your expectations for this year? We all know it's 2020. And you can't help but say, you know what I'm going to say, can't you? 2020 vision. What is your 2020 vision for this year? You know, it's, I'm going to prophesy that over everybody, that you're going to see something more clearly. The old song, I can see clearly now because the rain is gone. That those clouds and those storm clouds that are in your life and you can't see through because there's not clarity there, that there's going to be a, a vision that you're going to see and you're going to see things more clearly in your life than you've ever seen before. That the things you can't make decisions on, you're going to find yourself making decisions. The things that are holding you back and you say, I can't think straight because there's things upon my mind, they're not going to be there anymore. And I'm saying this as a corporate body, we're going to see something of God we've never experienced before. I believe that. I believe that in my soul. I was praying about this, and I believe that's where God wants to take us as a church and individually this year. So I thought, what are we going to do? Are we going to grab this, this year by the scruff of the neck and drag it to where it wants to go? Or are we going to sit back and just let things, gravity take its course? Or are we just going to sit back and do nothing? If we're going to accomplish something this year, can I encourage you? Grab it by the scruff of the neck. Wrestle it to where you want it to go in your lives. Say, I am not satisfied with where I am, and this is where I'm going. I'm going to grab hold of this, and I'm going to pull it into my life, and by the end of the year, I'm going to see this thing happen in my life. I don't know what resolutions you've had, but I encourage you, if there's resolutions in your life, may the number one resolution be to see more clearly, and that's Jesus. The number one resolution for your life this year. So I'm going to speak a bit about, I'll read a story out of the Bible, as I should do. So I'm going to read from Luke 19, verses 1 to 10. And it's the story of Zacchaeus. And if you know this about Zacchaeus, actually I'll read it first. Luke 
And Jesus is just coming into to Jericho. And it says, and mine's going to be slightly different, but pretty close the same. He entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not, because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. For he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone into the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to his Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I've defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today, salvation has come into this house, since he also is the son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord God, that enlightens us. It helps us to see clearly. Lord God, I pray, Lord, that everything that I want to speak on today, Lord, I pray that it would pierce our hearts, Lord. We'd understand it well, Lord God, and your word would be foremost in everything we say in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, Zacchaeus, his name went pure and innocent. And if you know the story about Zacchaeus, he definitely wasn't pure and he definitely wasn't innocent. He'd come from a time where the Romans had taken over um, Israel and they'd put taxes on the people, they'd succumbed them, they'd suppressed them. And Zacchaeus was one of the, the Israelites who had turned and he was working for the Romans and he was a tax collector, but worse than that, he was the chief tax collector. Because he was the chief ta tax collector, it gave him right to take what he, want, what he wanted, he could do anything, he could take as much money off people as he wanted and just keep it for himself. So as a guy that was not liked. And from that, from that stance, Zacchaeus, his name is pure and innocent. And this man was living a life that definitely wasn't pure and it definitely wasn't innocent. He was a small man, small in stature. And I'd say he probably had small man syndrome. And if, if you're height challenged here this morning, I'm not giving you a hard time. But he was small in stature. And because he was small in stature, I'd say that he chose that I'm not going to be, I'm small in stature, I'm going to work out that I'm going to be taller than people in other areas. And so he'd come and he was taking the money, he was a thief, taking their money off them in reality. He was always trying to prove himself. And so often the, the, the things that we do, we, we've got a, a problem or something in our lives that we need to fix. And quite often we won't go and fix the problem because it's too hard, but we try and scaffold it and we try and do other things to act like we haven't got a problem. We've all got these facades up and these things that we put up in our lives to try and hide the real thing that's on the inside. And Zacchaeus, because I think he had small man syndrome, he'd taken up the stance where he was going to go and he was going to rip everyone off. He was going to get rich. He was going to be successful. He was going to be the man that people feared, and that was Zacchaeus. But unfortunately, on the inside, I feel he probably had still small man syndrome. And when Jesus turned up, this man that was supposed to be pure and innocent, he meets with Jesus. You know, he was always trying to look up. And unfortunately, when, you, when you're a bit height challenged and you're in a pack of people, we know that you can't see. And here he was, he was stuck in this pack of people 
and he couldn't see Jesus. His vision was hindered. He was rich on earth, but really in reality, he was empty on the inside. And I'm just surmising this, but I can see from the scriptures this is who he was. He was not liked. He was a traitor to the nation. Everybody hated him because he was a thief. And what's more is they couldn't do anything about it because the Romans protected him. I'd say the general population, and when you read through concordances, they say he was despised. And that word despised is a pretty strong word. It says to feel contempt or deep repugnance for. This was the guy that when he walked down the street, there were probably whispers as he walked down the street and jeers and probably things with people too scared to say it to his face because they would have been in trouble. But when he, he was not liked and no one would have said anything nice to him. He was a man that even though he had tried to be successful, he found himself in a situation where no one liked him. And he was a small man with small sin, man syndrome and there he was in a place where no one liked him as well. So he was lost. Even though he'd gone for something that he thought he wanted, which was rich, been to be rich, to be famous, all these things, he found himself in a place stuck in the crowd where he couldn't see above the crowd where no one liked him and he was stuck in the small man syndrome. You know, it's, I, I find it funny that in, God always sets things up that it was in Jericho, the very place where the walls came down originally. If you know the story, the Israelites, when they entered the promised land, uh, they prayed, went around the walls and the walls f- fell down um, on their own for every reason why, because God turned up. Well, he comes into Jericho again and there's this one man he meets and I can't help but think he comes into Jericho again and, and the walls actually came down from Zacchaeus. He was a man that had walls up around his life and, and because he meets with Jesus, the walls fell down instantly. And just as like Claire was saying with communion this morning, when you come and you meet with Jesus and you realize you come to the cross, there is such power in the blood of Jesus that at that instant, all the walls come down. I know there's a working out in our lives and I know we have things we have to work through because we have to renew our minds, we have to do all sorts of stuff. But that very fact is that when we meet with Jesus is the walls are actually broken, broken prophetically in our lives and we have freedom, we're free. So if we're going to go into 2020, the first point, blocked vision. Do you feel like something you've been walked, when you've walked in your faith for a while, when you're first saved, everything is hunky-dory. You're in, you're in the, the wedding time where you're married and you're going on your honeymoon and everything's perfect. The stars seem brighter. The sun seems better. It just everything's great. And Sarah, you'd better test this, wouldn't you? Just come back from the honeymoon, by the way. So everything is sweet. Everything is perfect. Mark looks more handsome than what he ever was. You know, he's got bigger muscles and all that sort of stuff happens. It's just because you... You know, you're in love with each other and it's honeymoon time. But when you live to Christian walk for a while, God tends to put a few things and challenge you in a few areas. And you start to question, really, what is my faith? What do I really believe? What, what am I doing? And, and our vision become, becomes blocked quite often because God says he's challenging us and, and we all have scotomas where we don't see things. And God wants to take those away so we can see them more clearly. And the way he does it is he tends to put things in our lives that, cha- that, that challenge us. And this man, Zacchaeus, was, was standing in a group of people where he couldn't see over the person next to him. All he could see was their backs. He couldn't see Jesus. He couldn't see what was going on. His vision was blocked. 
And so he did something spectacular. When was the last time you jumped out ahead of the crowd? When was the last time, instead of sitting in, in, in the seat or instead of sitting back in your house, but you jumped out and you did something out of the ordinary for God or out of the ordinary in your life? When was the last time you took a chance? This man was stuck in the pack Zacchaeus. He was stuck in a pack of people and he couldn't see. And he could have sat there in the pack, hearing Jesus possibly, probably knowing where Jesus was close, probably hearing the stories about Jesus, but never actually seeing Jesus. And he chose to do something about it. So if you're here this morning and maybe you've got some questions in your faith, may I encourage you, maybe you have to run out ahead of the pack. Maybe you have to get out of the crowd and do something for God that God has assigned for you to do. I don't know what that is. Maybe it's just to pray a lot more than we ever have. Maybe you've got to learn to fast. Maybe you've got to read your Bible. Maybe you've got to speak to someone who, who is in a really bad situation. God's been telling you for a long time to speak to this person. And this morning you're getting the prompt to say, I've got to speak to that person. To step out of the pact and do what God is calling you to do. Two of my closest encounters with God were when I stepped out of the crowd. When I was saved, I was in a big crusade. And uh, there was 14,000 people at this crusade. It was, in a, it was in a, I've said this before, it was in a uh, horse racing track. And when, it, when I went down, they had a salvation call, I went down to the bottom and, and I can remember I lifted my hands up and I got lost. I was just standing, I, was, I just wanted more, everything that God had for me, no matter what it was. And after I don't know how long it was, I, I, somebody tapped me on the shoulder and I can remember I looked up and I turned around, there was no one. There was, the, the crowd was still there, but there was no one left. And I was on my own. I, I, I felt like, here I am, I'm on my own. But it was this place of intimacy where I wasn't with the pack of people. It was just me and God. And can I encourage you, sometimes you've got to step out of the crowd, step out into a place where you're on your own, where you're exposed, that God can do something in your life. Next place where I felt on my own is I went to a, a revival um, meeting years and years ago and I went to go to the front I never made it to the front and I, I was standing at the side of the auditorium where, where I was on my own in front of everybody and if you know what it was like 20 years ago God turned up and he did some crazy stuff and I can remember lying on the floor and I, I was I was drunk as a skunk even though I'd never touch alcohol and I was I couldn't all sorts of stuff was going on you know sparks came out my eyes and it was just crazy stuff but God did something in my life and it was when I was on my own at the side of the auditorium no one praying for me no one touching me, no one doing anything. But God turned up and I was out of the pack, I was, I was out of my seat, I was, like I said, I was on my own. And when was the last time when you really went on your own and said, God, will you meet me intimately? Not in the pack, not like we're singing here this morning, we're all singing together, but on your own, raw, where God can speak to you and he speaks to the very intimate places in your heart. When was the last time you ran into where God wanted you to be? For 2020, I feel if you want 2020 vision this year, then it's time to get out of the pack, to do what God wants you to do, to run into where God wants you to be, to so you can see him face to face. So many of us are scared to step out of the pack because of our past failures, our insecurities and our fears, and we tend to step back into the, where we feel secure. But if you only knew if you faced your insecurities and ran into a place and met with God, 
those insecurities would fall off and you would not have to stay in the pack any longer. You know, Romans 12, 12, it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, which we all do. We tend to get stuck in, in the pattern of this world and that's where we sit and we overlay our faith on the pattern of this world. Well, can I tell you that God's got a different pattern for us? It says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will for your life. So if your vision's blocked and you can't feel like you, you can see God like you always have, run. Next point, run. Run ahead of the crowd, as I was saying. If you want to see and hear God and you want to move in your life, run into what he has for you. Don't sit back and just say, God, will you come and meet me? I think it's time for us to take a step and go and meet with God. We always wait and we ask for God to make the first move. Well, can I, uh, can I implore you this morning? Maybe it's time for us to make the first move, to step into where God wants us to be, to step into what God wants us to do, that 2020 we're going to see him and meet with him face to face. Zacchaeus would have taken a chance because this man was hated. He was probably sitting in the crowd and even though the person next to him probably would have been jeering while he was in the crowd, he knew if he left the crowd he was on his own where everyone could see him. Everyone could see how short he was. Everyone could see his, his innermost fears. He was opening himself up. And yet here we go because he wanted to see Jesus. He was willing to get out of the crowd and run into where Jesus was. Romans 12.1 again it says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us run, lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. When I was first saved, I was saying to Claire on the way here, I was thinking back and Pretty amazing times. When I, was, when I was first saved, I was a bit of a, a bit of a young guy, but a bit of a rebel. And when I was saved, I, I decided I was going to flip and I, and I turned for, for God as much as humanly possible. But at the same time where I was passionately following Jesus, and I mean passionately, I was one of these people that went out and stood on a shoebox and, and, and preached and did all this crazy stuff, which I don't know if it's quite right anymore, but... I had a desire for God. At the same time when I was doing this, my sister, her best friend was a black witch. She could levitate things around the room and she could do all sorts of crazy stuff. Her next best friend, her boyfriend was in a transcendental meditation. He would actually leave his body and go and visit her in her room and, and, and see what she was doing. And this is the stage, the place where I was saved into where, hey, my faith was black or white. I knew where my faith was, and they'd all, they'd all call me God brother. They didn't call me by name, they called me God brother. I knew I had to keep close to God because there was other stuff that was going around at the time. And if I didn't stay close to God, I don't know where I would have been. Can I encourage you, keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes close to him. All Zacchaeus saw was people's backs, as I was saying. He was just following others, walking with the crowd, but at once, when he heard Jesus was coming, he ran ahead. He didn't stay back in the pack, but he ran ahead. He broke free from the norm. Are we going to break free from the norm this year? What is 2020 holding for us? Is it going to be a year we, we break through the norm? I feel that this year is going to be a lot of challenges. For me personally, I think there's going to be some mountains I'm going to have to climb. But I can tell you what I'm excited about because I know when I climb a mountain and I get over the hump, I know I'm going to meet Jesus. 
And I know this year is going to be the year of breakthrough for me in my life in some areas. I'm just prophesying over my life. I don't know what you're going through, but I want to get to the place at the end of this year where I, I know that the things that are holding me back are not holding me back any longer. Can we stop listening to the voices in our heads and start listening to Jesus? If God says who I am, that is who I am. If God says what I can do, that is what I can do. Can that be our faith statement for this year, for 2020? I can't, I, I'm thinking about Bible characters around ahead of the pack. Joshua and Caleb, they, they, if you don't know much about the Bible, I'm just going to quickly browse over a few names. But Joshua and Caleb, two men who were full of faith, went into a land where everyone said, don't go because it's too hard. They said, oh, we're going to run and we're going to take this land. They ran ahead of the pack. Elijah, where he meets with 450 prophets who are, who are screaming, tr trying to call down their gods and nothing happens. And, and the one true prophet stands up and calls down fire from heaven. He stood ahead of the pack in front of everyone else. Uh, Daniel, told not to pray. So what does he do? He opens up the windows of his, of his house and prays three times so everyone can see. Finds himself thrown in a lion den where the lions don't eat him and he walks out whole. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego are told not to bow before anyone else bar the king because he is the king and he is the Lord supposedly and they find themselves praying before their God and, and saying that he is the Lord. So what happens to them? They get thrown in, in a fiery furnace where there's an extra man in there which is Jesus and he comes and saves them and pulls them out. See they ran ahead of the pack. Peter with his first sermon. Stephen, a man full of faith, gets stoned for his, his faith, the first martyr for, for for, G, for, the, for his faith. Paul, the pillar who gave it all. Billy Graham. How many millions of people did that man save because he stepped ahead of the pack and stepped out? As Claire said this morning, Reinhard Bonnke. He was a man that had nothing. And yet he went to Africa, had his tail whipped a little bit first, went into Africa, won Africa for Jesus and won Millions upon millions upon millions. What would have happened if that man never stepped out of the pack? If he sat in his church pew and just worshipped his God and did whatever he was to do, but never stepped ahead of the pack? Oh, I, I can say for each and every one, I'm looking around catching people's eyes. Can you imagine what's in your lives? What God can do through you if you're willing to step out of the pack and say, God, well, I'm going to give you all my life. I want you to do whatever it is. Maybe it's just raising three healthy kids and one of those children is going to win the world for Christ. Maybe it's just raising up three kids who are going to make millions and millions of dollars but lives submitted to Jesus and they can use that finances for the kingdom. Maybe that one of your kids is going to become a doctor, Martin and Ruthie, and that doctor can go out and save many lives. I don't know what it is, but whatever it is, you're willing to step out of the pack. But if we're going to do that, the first thing we should, we should say is, I believe. We got our faith statements for this year, that what we believe, that I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He came down to save the world. That is who Jesus was. Do I believe in the one and true God of the Bible? One God, only one God. Do I believe that His Word is true? Do I believe in the power of prayer? And if I believe in the power of prayer, that means I'm going to pray. Pray like I've never prayed before. Do I believe in the freedom that comes from forgiveness? And if you're sitting here this morning and you don't feel free, let me tell you, as Claire's prayed, when you come to the cross, that stuff falls across. And I don't know how it works, but what I know is when you come to the cross, 
all of a sudden you feel free and those things that are holding you down, you feel the weight upon you. I always remember David um, Beaumont, and I've said this before, I'm going to say it many, many times, 70 plus years old, got abused when he was a young boy by another man, never told anyone his whole life, and we pray for him when he's 70 plus years old, and all of a sudden he says, I never realized I was carrying around this weight, and I feel like these 20 kilo weights have come off my shoulders, and for the last few years of his life, he felt free, because that's what happens when you come to the cross. The next thing he did was he climbed up. See, to see Jesus, he had to climb up. Can you imagine what it was, a a small man climbing up a tree in, in his coat? Must have been a funny sight to see, but he had to have his focus on one thing. And to get there, he had to do something spectacular. So he climbed a tree to see Jesus. You know, if you, you ever looked at a, at a um, we've all looked at a, at a scene, where you look at a forest or you look at a beach and, and, and you'll be focusing on the beach, and it looks fantastic. But then all of a sudden, something catches your eye, whether it's a seagull or a tree or or the sun, or a star, or whatever, when you're looking at a landscape. And it catches your eye, and you tend to focus back to that point. Can we, when we're living our lives, and we tend to look at our lives as a landscape, but in amongst the landscape, there's God moments. God moments where we can focus on, and we can see God in the situation. And can we, when we're focusing, can we drill our eyes down till we see there's God in that situation? Even though there's a big landscape of stuff going on, and maybe it's smoke, maybe it's fires or whatever else, can we focus down till we get to a place where we can see God in the situation? Because in Ephesians 1 verse 8 it says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, so that you will know what is the hope of your calling, that what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints. 2020 for vision. See, when Adam and Eve gave up their rights, all of a sudden, where they, had, they could see God clearly, all of a sudden, shame came upon their lives, and they, t- they wanted to put clothes on because they were covered in shame. And all they could see was their shame. And when Jesus came, he came to set us free, so we don't have to live in that shame any longer, but we can be free in him. You know, when Zacchaeus met with Jesus... first thing Jesus said was come down from your tree and he came down and he saw him face to face and before anything else happened Zacchaeus says I'm going to give half my wealth to the poor and pay back everybody four times the amount that I had to when we meet with God something supernatural takes place and the things that seem impossible tend to flip around. And this man who, who wanted money and possessions to puff himself up, all of a sudden it's broken down. And straight away he's giving away his money, his finances, because he wants to serve or, or get to know this Jesus. And his, his life has been irrevocably changed. Jesus says to him, I must come to your house. I don't know how long he stayed at his house for, whether it was one hour two hours, one day, two days, I don't know how long he was there for, but he had to come to his house. When you have this appointment with with Jesus, he's saying, I want to come into your house, not just I want to come into your house, I must come into your house. And your house is your heart. Will you allow him into your heart? Because he must come into your house, he wants to be in your heart, he wants to live in your heart. And today, you're going to allow him into your heart so that you may be irrevocably changed. 
So he stayed in his house. We've got to realize that we're all, going to be, we're all sinners if it wasn't for Jesus. For the Son of Man came to save and to seek the lost. So run for him. If you've climbed a tree, and maybe that tree is a tree of religion, where maybe you've got to get down to that religion a little bit and see him face to face. Maybe your religion is, I live on my podcasts every single day. Whenever I go, all I'm doing is looking at podcasts and looking at podcasts and looking at podcasts, and I don't see anyone else in the world. Maybe we need to get down from this tree of religion a little bit and get out to see the world. Maybe we're so, we're so encased in, in what we do with our faith instead of walking with the man who is our faith. And maybe we're going to get down out of the tree every now and then and see him face to face. You know, when he did, Jesus saw him. And have you ever met someone where it looks like their eyes see straight into your soul? Jesus knew everything about him. And the best thing was, because he knew everything about him, he had the answer for every problem that was there. Jesus looked into him, not just as a, shift, as a small glance, but he actually looked into his soul, into his eyes. Have you ever heard the story where, where people can never see what's in their lives, but everyone else around them can? If you had to encourage someone, you say, you're really good at this, and they say, no, I'm not. Or, man, you're prophetic, no, I'm not. And we can't see what's in our lives. But if we took the chance, ran out and did something, everyone else can see what you can be except yourself. One other person who can see who you can be, and that's Jesus and God. And he can encourage you to be the person, the perfect person you want to be for 2020. All of us have a calling. All of us, every single one of us, and I hope and I pray that this year we're all going to step into our calling, whatever that may be. I don't know what that is. And like I said, I had some words for other people. I'm probably going to come after service and just say quickly what I, what I think God's going to say for you in 2020. See, Jesus came into his house. And the walls that Zacchaeus had because of what he, the lifestyle he was living had probably kept everyone else out of his house. And maybe no one had come to his house for a long, long time. And maybe the walls were up so much that I've been so hurt, I've been so, there's so much gone on in my life that I can't let anyone else in. Well, today, will you let Jesus in? Will you let him in? Because Jesus really sees you. He's the only one who will really see you. He's the only one who will really understand what you're going through. Because he has been through what we've been through. And he overcame. Well, if we want to shift something in our lives, are we willing to run out? Are we willing to climb down from the trees that we've built? Are we willing to see him face to face? And are we willing to allow Jesus to allow straight into our soul to see who we are? Because we all have a past and we tend to live in our past. But when God comes in the situation, and it's a great word you had, Mark, this morning around communion, he tends to take away our past and he tends to give us a future. That is, the, that is a shift that happens when we meet with him. Jesus is all we need. Can we take our eyes off our lack and turn them to Jesus? John Wilds and, and what was the song, Claire? Waymaker. He sings Waymaker. And he tells the story um, how as, as a young boy he, he'd been, they'd been evicted out of their homes many times and found themselves on the street, living on the street with his family and with his mum and his, his mum, not his dad. And there was one more time where it looks like they're going to be evicted and out on the street again. And he can hear his mum making this huge commotion in, in, in her bedroom. 
And he thinks she's scared and she thinks she's praying and asking that this wouldn't happen. But he goes up as a young boy and he sees his mum on her knees before her bed. And even though they're going to get thrown on the street and they don't know where they're going to live, she's thanking Jesus. She's thanking God for all the good things that are in their lives. She's thanking him for everything good he's done. And and he said, and if if you jump online, you hear Waymaker. He sings Waymaker with all his heart. And he's come from this place where he knows, even though matter what happens in my life, I've made the decision I'm going to be thankful for Jesus. Can we shift our eyes out of the pack and what the world says? Run to where God wants us to be. Get out of our trees. Meet him face to face and be thankful for what he's done in our lives. Because as I said when I first got up here, where would we be if it wasn't for Jesus? Maybe we have so much. We don't have to focus on God because we're quite happy where we are. Well, can I encourage you? Take your eyes off what we've got and and focus back on Jesus. He's asking for 2020. Will we get out of the pack? Will we get down out of our trees and will we meet him to see him? Maybe we've just been trying so hard to learn about him. Can we simplify it a bit, pull it back a little bit and just learn to focus on him? Now, I don't know what you've come in here with this morning. Can we have the team back? I don't know what you've come in with this morning. But I'm praying that this year, your vision might be 2020 vision where you can see Jesus in every situation. I know there's going to be challenges, as I said. I know there's going to be times when we're going to have to seek him, we're going to have to run into who he is. But... Will you make the decision, no matter what goes on in my life, I'm going to focus on Jesus. I'm going to run out of the pack, go to where God wants me to go, to be the person God's wanting me to be, so that my vision is going to be wholly and solely focused on Him. And out of that, you'll be able to love your partner better. You'll be able to bring peace to your household. There might be healing in your body. Your souls will be refreshed. All of that will flow when we focus on Jesus. Can we take our eyes off the stuff and focus back on Him? That this year, 2020, will be the time where I focus back on Him wholly and solely. That my love for Jesus might grow more and more. That the way I serve Him might grow more and more. The way I speak about Him and speak to others might change. That I might be able to step out in faith and take faith steps that I've never done before. But 2020 might be the year of change. This is a new decade, not just a new year. I can remember when I was young, thinking about the year 2000 happening and we're thinking, what is gonna happen in 2020, 2030? We're all gonna be driving around in cars that float and all this sort of stuff. But now I'm in 2020 and my one aim once again is Jesus. Oh, it's Jesus. So today, I don't know where you're at, I don't know what you've come in with. But can we, before we start this year, before we do anything else this year, can we make the the decision that God, as best as I can, I'm going to focus on you. When tough times come, I'm not going to run back into the pack and hide, but I'm going to turn my eyes back towards you. Because, Lord, I know you're the author and the finisher of my faith and my life. And you're the one in whom I trust. So as we come to this last moment.
if you would like to, only if you'd like to, no pressure. But if you would want to, and each and every one of you, I'd say you've probably got some thoughts running around your mind now saying, what I want to do this year, what I want to accomplish this year, who I'd like to be this year, what I'd like to leave behind in the last year and step into something new for this year. If you've got something, may I encourage you, will you overlay that, that you're going to focus on God and Jesus? And if you want to make that your main aim this year, I'd encourage you, and only if you want to make that your main aim this year, I'd encourage you to stand. That you make a choice that this year, this year, I'm going to focus on you. This year, I'm going to focus on you. And I know with some of you, it's a real challenge. I know you're standing here and you're thinking, I don't know how this is going to work because I've got this health challenge or, or this challenge in my finances or, or this challenge because I don't really believe this. But can I encourage you as you focus on Him, press into Him, the other stuff will become clear. And even if you go through trials and pain this year, if you focus on Him, you'll be able to overcome it. Because He is the one who is going to help you through. So God, Lord, I pray for every person. And Lord, I ask that this year, as we focus on You, the God of abundance, the God of more than enough, might strengthen our inner man, that we might be able to walk through the hurts and the pains and the struggles of this year. And we might at the end of this year find ourselves in a place we never expected, but it's a place of intimacy with you that we never had. God, a place where we can hear your voice, a place where we can see you and see who you are for us. And God, that we can feel your love all around us. That 2020 might be the year of clarity in our faith clarity in our faith. I thank you, Jesus.